Hey, denizens of dark places. Welcome back. Today's episode is Prison Break. We're talking about brute force. Alright guys, welcome. I am completely re-recording my episode based on Jules Dassin's great classic from 1947, Brute Force. I had another episode and it sat there uh, in limbo for the longest amount of time. And it was almost just going to be too much work to go back and figure out what I put in it and what I didn't. And these are the downfalls and the pitfalls of having my own podcast that I'm just doing for fun. So uh, anybody out there listening, sorry, but uh, this is uh, this is a little late. So if you listen to my little bonus episode that I put out last week, basically I addressed that I had an episode recorded. I didn't publish it, but I can't remember why I didn't publish it. And I think I just wanted to add some sound effects and things like that. And uh, then it sat there for a few weeks. I hit the hit a button and actually accidentally deleted like 20 minutes of the episode. And I, I was just so mad about that. I could have found it, but it just got to be too much. So I went on and deleted the entire thing. So let's talk about Brute Force. First off, this movie is a Jules Dassin movie. Jules Dassin was blacklisted for being a member of the Communist Party in America. Um, he His career in America effectively ended after uh, too soon. Um, I, he made a handful of movies. He made four or five very, very well-known and hard-hitting and very pessimistic, cynical, and highly enjoyable film noirs, or films noir, if you want to put it that way, in America before he's blacklisted. Anything by Jules Dassin, if you're ever watching TV and you see a Jules Dassin movie come on, just watch it. Um, he's just, he's that good. I plan to probably do as much as I can, uh, do as many Jules Dassin movies as I can, um, He's he's just excellent. So, uh, so brute force and um, let's see. I'm looking in my I'm looking on my shelf right now. Um, I've got the Jules Dassin Criterion Collection of the of Naked City. I've got uh, let's see, Odd Mac. That's the Killers. Let's see. Night in the City. He likes, uh, yeah, he likes movies with city in it. Night in the City, Naked City, Brute Force. There's a Criterion DVD version of Thieves Highway, which which is an all, which is a, also a great movie. It's a it's a very very good film noir and uh, takes place in San Francisco. Compelling story, really good. But uh, Criterion hasn't converted it to Blu-ray yet. I'm. I don't want to buy the I don't want to buy the DVD version. I'm hoping at some point they make the decision and and convert it to Blu-ray and, and give it the whole packaging. And if so, I'll I'll buy it. All those movies are great. He is his. I feel like there's sort of a pessimistic. Not that there is anything different there from other noir films noir, but just just he's got sort of a pessimistic outlook. I think in his movies, um, and I love it. So, 
he made a few films prior to that. And by the way, I wanted to say on on Thieves Highway, Eddie Muller talks about Thieves Highway on, uh, I think they showed, yeah, they did. They showed it on, on Noir Alley one night and he was talking about how influential it was. I think that was the movie that introduced him to, it, it wasn't the first film noir he ever saw, but it was the one that made the biggest impact on him. He talks about how seeing that movie and, and growing up in San Francisco or thereabouts, that was such a such an influential movie on him and how much he loved it. And I'm a big fan of, of Thieves Highway. I'm a big fan of Brute Force. I'm a big fan of, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jules Dassin. Anything by Jules Dassin is worth your time. Unfortunately, he was blacklisted. And um, and when he when he made his final American movie, quote unquote American movie, Night in the City, which is an excellent excellent movie with Richard Widmark, he actually had to film it in London because he didn't he, he couldn't be in America at the time, or I guess he could be, but he didn't want to be, and he was worried. So uh, so he films it in in London, and it's it's a great movie. But after that, he he moved to Paris, or I don't know about I don't know if it was Paris, but he moved to France and made the rest of his films uh, overseas. He started he continued his film career, probably made some good movies, but you're going to be looking at subtitles with those. So let's talk about brute force. A couple things I love about brute force. Uh, brute force. First, I love Burt Lancaster. I if I if if I haven't mentioned it in other episodes, um, I think I have. It doesn't matter. Going to mention it again. Lancaster is my favorite. Um, for for a guy who doesn't like to pick favorites. It's pretty easy for me. Lancaster's my favorite. I, I love Burt Lancaster. This, I believe, is his second starring role, or his second role, period. I don't, I, he didn't do a lot of non-starring roles. In fact, I think, unless I'm mistaken, his, first, his uh, starring role, his first movie, was The Killers. And he's, he, he's basically the star of that. And uh, he was 32. And, uh, and so, um, Brute Force, I think, is his second second movie and he, he was a star of that too so so he's, he's a guy in prison there's a bunch of guys in prison they all have these different reasons for being in prison nothing's okay it never was and it never will be not till we're out you get that out they sort of do this flashback thing where they go back and show how each of them ended up in prison and of course none of them you're on their side. You're on all of their sides. You, you don't you don't feel like any of them belong there. None of them are bad people. There's nothing, you know, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, trusted the wrong girl or just something stupid like that or or took the fall for somebody, whatever. It's They go back, and some of them are kind of funny. One, one of the backstories is pretty funny, but uh, one of the most enjoyable things about the movies is about the movie is the backstory. So, um, you know, for each one of them. So, uh the uh, the prison captain is this guy, Captain Munsey, and he's psychotic. He's like on this, he's this power tripping guy. He's very easy to hate. Uh, he's not a large person or anything like that, but uh, the movie basically starts out with, um, basically starts out with them all looking and seeing, uh, seeing Burt Lancaster's character led, led across the courtyard. And uh, it's interesting, rainy prison scene, just like I was talking about earlier with Jules Dassin, very, just a very, I mean, just pessimistic, just very pessimistic. I mean, that's that's the way I look at it. Uh, I know a lot of film noirs that way, and I don't know if he was a pessimistic guy, but just the movies sort of have this pessimistic outlook. It's they're, they they have pos- I, they have a possibility of being a bit of a downer if you're not expecting it. We'll put it that way. 
But uh, if that's what you're looking for, you're, you know, if you're watching film noir, you, you, that's always sort of something that may happen. You know, you got to be prepared for that. So, uh, so there is a prison doctor that's a pretty cool character, and there's a pretty cool scene. The, the thing is that Joe, which is Lancaster's character, is well-established. It doesn't start out with Joe going to prison and adjusting to prison life. He's already there. He's already hardened, and he's already got a bunch of support from people. He's almost kind of running things. And so it's really it's really a different look. Like there's a scene where one of these guys uh, is working for Munzee, and apparently they found out about it. He, they got they got Joe put in solitary, and so so they there's retribution against them. In fact, there's this crazy scene that uh, where where they're all in like this workshop, and these guys come at the at the guy with a with a blowtorch. And so Joe, or with blow torches or torches of some sort. And so Joe is actually upstairs and he asks the prison, I think it's the doctor, you know, what time is it? And he goes, ah, it's what, 1030. I don't really, I don't know what time it was. Uh, well, it's almost 1030. And he goes, okay. And so, uh, so anyway, down, down in the prison shop at that time, they, uh, they, they sort of back this guy into a corner with these flames, these torches, and he falls into this giant machine and gets crushed. And, uh, and I'm sure that was something they probably had to battle with the sensors to get through. And, uh, and of course, then the doc mentions later, well, it happened exactly at 10.30. I don't know, it may have been 2.30, but whatever time it was. And he goes, he says something like, good thing uh, you just happened to be in my office right at that time, right? And so, uh, so anyway, the whole, whole point being that it was obviously orchestrated. They obviously did it to support Joe. And they, they did it as retribution for the guy for working with this, uh, this brutal Munzee, this Captain Munzee guy. And so as things, uh, as things progress, it, uh, it's, they, they, they sort of, Joe tries to team up with this other character in the prison and, uh, and work together toward an escape. And so they find, they sort of find their, their, their situation where they might be able to escape. And so he's thinking of teaming up with the other guy. And the other guy's like, well, no, I'm getting out soon. And, and uh, you know, anybody who, anybody who dreams of escape, it's a pipe dream. And right at that moment, he, he calls this other prisoner and he says, hey, when's your next escape? Or, or you know, he calls him over or something. And, and uh, he says, well, Joe's a friend, so you can, you can speak openly. Something along those lines. And the guy says, yeah, yeah, next Tuesday, next Tuesday. So, so basically just or just illustrating the fact that these guys always think they're going to escape. Everybody's always got some some great plan and it doesn't work out. So initially he rebuffs Joe and he's not going to work with him until uh until something changes his mind later on and I'll I'll let you experience the film yourself without giving a lot of spoilers, but uh suffice it to say that uh his ideas about getting out on good behavior or um or possibly being paroled are are probably not realistic goals in this, uh, in this setting. And so there's, uh, there's reason for them to sort of, sort of team up, uh, in the end. This is a really brutal movie. I, I don't want to get too specific in it. And I think, I think this is one of those movies that's best to, to be experienced just without, without a lot of buildup, you know, don't, don't read a lot into what's, what, what's supposed to happen first. 
um, or, you know, into, into the plot or anything like that. Uh, just, just know that it's, it's a Jules Dassin movie. It is a, uh, a Burt Lancaster movie. He's, he's jaded. He plays a jaded character. None of these guys that are in really, really should be in. Um, and you've got a, you've got a guy that's very easy to hate of a power hungry captain, um, of the guards that is almost sort of trying to take over and maybe, maybe he does, who knows? And so, um, it's all the more frustrating, I think, because there are people that involved in the prison system there that, that are reasonable. And I think probably maybe not necessarily on Joe's side, but they aren't evil. They aren't vile like this guy. And, uh, but the fact that they're powerless to do anything is, is what sort of makes it frustrating. So there's a couple of things that, uh, obviously I'm, I'm usually, if there's a Criterion Collection version, uh, on Blu-ray, I'm usually going to pick it up for one of these, one of these movies. So I've got this, I've got this, uh, cool looking Brute Force Criterion Collection Blu-ray. It's got Burt Lancaster on the front. Uh, it's a, it's a still shot from, from the movie where he's got his eyes closed. It, it almost looks like he's leaning his head forward on the bars um, because they've done the cover to look like prison bars. It says brute force underneath. If you, it, it, it matches the Naked City Blu-ray. They, they, if you put them next to each other, they're both Jules Dassin, and they, they both have black and white um, motifs on the cover. Uh, sometimes these, these film noirs, they, they'll end up putting, making like a, a colorful cover and stuff, which is really cool. Like the one for They Live By Night, it's got a really cool, looks, looks like a, like an old pulp cover uh, for a, um, you know, novel cover or something like that. But this one's got Lancaster on the front, it says 1947 Criterion Collection. It's 98 minutes long and the uh, special edition features are listed as a new 4K digital restoration by the TLE Films, Film Restoration and Preservation Services. It's got audio commentary from film noir specialists Alan Silver and James Ursini. I was calling him Elaine because his name is spelled A-L-A-I-N. And on our previous episode, I was questioning whether that's really how his name was pronounced. Uh, But nope, it's Alan. (laughs) Uh, But those two names show up over and over again on film noir uh, commentaries, and they've written a bunch of books on film noir and a bunch of publications and things like that. So they've got a commentary on this, which uh, they're, they're really good. They're always good to listen to. There's an interview from 2007 with Paul Mason, editor of Captured by the Media, Prison Discourse and Popular Culture. That's a really cool special feature. I watched that one. Um, he, Paul Mason talks about how limiting it is to do a prison movie and how, uh, you know, how, how creative you have to be to make it interesting. He also talks about some of the specifics about, you know, how, um, how brute force is a different type of prison, prison movie. And I think he's a, I think he's an advocate for abolishing, uh, in the incarceration system or prison. I'm not sure. I I don't want to speak for him. I could be wrong, but, uh, it makes, it makes a lot of good points about, uh, about the, uh, the movie itself. And so, um, that's a very interesting, it's, it's not too long either. I watched that special feature. And uh, I really enjoyed that. There's one, this uh, program from 2017 on Brute Force's Array of Acting Styles, featuring film scholar David Bordwell. 
Uh, that was really cool. That was probably my favorite thing, uh, my favorite special feature, aside from maybe the commentary. Um, but that, it, I, what they do, if you're familiar with the Criterion Channel, the Criterion Channel, which is the subscription service that you can you can subscribe to for I think for eleven dollars a month or ten dollars a month, uh, which obviously is well worth it if you're if you're a, if you're a fan of films. And I think most of most of their um, special features from their from their Blu-rays and things like that are available on the Criterion channel. So, so instead of having like a list of movies, you have them sort of categorized and you can search for them. And there are sort of categories sometimes, like I know they have, at one point they had a Columbia Noir uh, category. And so things will come, things will show up on the, on the Criterion channel and they'll, They'll filter in and filter out and stuff, so it's always sort of changing. But um, but when you when you click on a specific title or when you when you explore a specific title on the Criterion Channel, it does give you access to some of the bonus features. And so I'm not sure if they give you all of the bonus features. I think they m- maybe are still giving you a, um, a reason to maybe want to buy the buy the physical media. And you should you should buy the physical media anyway because it looks cool on the shelf. But the uh, one of the features they have is they they have this thing where they'll they'll kind of pull back the curtain and have and and examine films and techniques and things like that from sort of like a a, a film student or a film school perspective and it's it's they're they're not long they're they're I think they're fairly short and what they did was there's an episode where where they 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 pointed out a specific uh, technique and so they used brute force as uh, as the example and so what they did was they put that episode on this blu-ray and it was really cool there's a scene where two of the characters are arguing and uh if i remember correctly i think it was the doctor and the uh and munzee the crazy guard and while they're arguing with each other they're not looking at each other so they do it in this very art artful way artistic way where they're actually cheek to cheek almost uh they're not looking at each other and 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 so they talk about the art behind why they did that and the decisions they made and they show a bunch of different cool cool clips and things from the movie it's really really worth watching uh for the behind the scenes and really to sort of make you appreciate the the art that went into this film and uh and jules dassin's direction and how how talented he was his eye for those kind of things and usually unless you're a film student or, or an actor of some sort you probably may not notice those type of things. And so that was, that was a great uh, special feature uh, that I highly recommend. In fact, I think I'm going to go back and rewatch that here shortly. Uh, in addition to that, there's this stills gallery. And uh, that's pretty cool. It's just this thing that plays through and has a bunch of cool, cool photos. It's got the original trailer, uh, subtitles, and then it says an essay by film critic Michael Atkinson, a 1947 profile of producer Mark Hellinger, and rare correspondence between Hellinger and production code administrator Joseph Breen over the film's content, and uh, that's all sort of in the packaging for the uh, for the for the Blu-ray. All in all, this is a great purchase. It's a great movie. Um, it's a it's it's well worth the price if you can if you can maybe get a get a copy on eBay or Amazon of the Blu-ray. Make sure it has the insert because it's got a very very large a uh, very thick. Um, insert you know with 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 uh some the essay and, and other things like that in there 
Uh, it's a great movie for, it's a great Lancaster movie. It's a great prison movie. Um, Jules Dassin, you know, if, if you don't know, if you don't know Jules Dassin, you'll be a fan of him after watching this movie. You'll want to go back and watch all the other ones, Thieves Highway, um, and, uh, and Night in the City. And so, and, and so I just wanted to point out that the score is haunting. The score of the movie, I don't know who did it and I probably should have looked it up, but the score is haunting. I mean, it's, it just is timeless. It's in your face. I'm going to see if I can get a clip of the score and play it for you. Just listen to this. That is a great score. I love that. In fact, the movie starts with this uh, this very noir-looking scene over the bay, and it just I I'm not sure if this is Alcatraz or supposed to be like Alcatraz, but it certainly makes it look like it gives you, it 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 gives you the feeling of Alcatraz with the water and that music playing over the top, and uh, just a great great movie. It's aptly titled. Brute Force. They uh, they mentioned the the title in the movie, and uh, it, it it's exactly what you what you would expect. That's why it's called that. And with the title like that, it's just uh, the 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 film lives up to the billing. It is a it's a brutal movie. Uh, Jules Dassin movies are kind of like George R R Martin uh, stories. Uh, and I'm referring to the quote George R. R. Martin once said that if you think this is going to end well, you haven't been paying attention or something like that. If you think this is going to have a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention, something along those lines. That's what it is. You watch Jules Dassin, you watch noir in general, don't, don't expect a happy ending. Don't expect a happy ending. So uh, expect to be satisfied, but, uh, but, don't, but don't go into it expecting that uh, everything's going to be wrapped up in a bow. And everything's going to be, everybody's going to live happily ever after. So that's Brute Force. Uh, Jules Dassin, Burt Lancaster. Buy the Criterion Collection Blu-ray if you can. I highly recommend it. It's worth 20 bucks. Um, it's probably worth 30 But go ahead and bargain hunt. That's what I usually do. Get on eBay and Amazon. And some of these guys are selling these Criterion Blu-rays all the time. And, you know, they may have it listed for like $22 or something. But any of them, they have that make an offer or best offer option. I always jump in there with an offer and yeah, sometimes they take it. Sometimes they, they agree to the offer. Sometimes they don't. And so uh, sometimes you can haggle a little bit, but yeah, you can save yourself a few bucks here and there and uh, I, I recommend it. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely cover some more Jules Dassin in the future. We'll definitely uh, cover more Lancaster. That's, that's a guarantee we have to do that. And so uh, go out and watch some noir and make sure you turn your your phone off when you're watching the movie, of course. Have a great one.